Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Your Pitt Panthers were victorious Saturday. It's a victory Sunday here for you Pitt fans. They took on Boston College in basketball, and finally, finally, they pull out a single-possession win in the ACC. Pitt had lost three straight ACC games by a single possession, some of those, two of those being by a single point. It had not been easy. It had been dramatic. But Pitt found a way to win. And I want to, I don't want to just talk about the win itself, but I want to talk about, I do see development from what Jeff Capel is coaching these Pitt Panthers to be. Just last year, we talked. I talked to you guys about John Hughley right on this podcast and said, man, this guy has the physical tools. This guy's big enough. He's strong enough. He just doesn't know how exactly to take advantage of, of, those, of those strengths when he has the ball. And if you remember some of those early games before his suspension last year, he had, he, he would get, the, I would talk about how he would get the ball he would put it on the floor, and then he wouldn't be sure when to go up, how to go up, how to convert that into to easy points, how to be physical, how to be strong in the ACC. But he's figured that out now. John Hughley goes into this game with 32 points, 13 rebounds, and a 69-67 win over Boston College. My goodness, was he on fire. Boston College couldn't do nothing to stop him. That's also the fourth time a Pitt Panther has scored over 30 points and had over 10 rebounds in a game since 2009. Putting him in the class of Sam Young and Juan Blair, who both did it in 2009. And of course, Justin Champagny, who did it last year. That's pretty good company to have. But again, I see a much more developed John Hughley and a guy who Jeff Capel has definitely pushed. I mean, basically, this is John Hughley's freshman year. Last year, he got a few games. Then he had his suspension. Then he sat out for pretty much the whole season. And even when he came into this season, Jeff Capel talked about like, hey, he's strong. You know, he's working on his skills, but he needs to get in shape. 
He needs he needs to be able to have better conditioning so he can last long, last long. I mean, you remember in that game against the Citadel, John Hughley looked tired when they tried to feed him down low late in the game. He was trying to take jump shots. Well, <laughs> that wasn't happening against Boston College. In fact, it hasn't happened much over the past month or so. Hughley has continued to be a force for Pitt. This is his third straight game of scoring in the double digits. He scored 18 against Notre Dame, 11 against Louisville, and 32 against Boston College. And he played 37 minutes of this game. And why did Jeff Capel leave him out there? Well, Boston College couldn't stop him, and he was a major problem. Three Boston College Eagles fouled out of this game, y'all. Three. Two of them were centers, and Karnick and Post. They had a third-string center out there, a guy who averaged like 0.1 points per, per game in his career. And that certainly helped Hughley down the stretch as he was a huge factor for Pitt winning this game. But you also see development from other guys. William Jeffress, who I, I was saying early in this game, I was like, man, there's some offensive plays he needs to be able to make, and he's not making them, and this is a problem. But in this game, he had six, I thought, very important second-half points. All three of them mid-range mid -range jumpers. One where he pumped fake, hit, you know, moved down the baseline, hit a bank shot off, off there. Another where he drove into the paint, stopped, spun, hit pivot backwards, and, and hit it hit it fading away. And they had another jumper that he, that he made really well. That that's a good that's a good showing, and they needed those points because again they won by they won by two. This was a true team effort. Granted, a team effort where, um. Uh, a team effort where it took a uh, you know it, it took basically three guys to score double digits and uh, really it was a just a heavy effort from the starters. Pitt actually had zero bench points on the on the night and I mean or on the day excuse me but literally zero. The only two guys who came in off the bench in this game were Noah Collier who played three minutes and Anyabuchi Azakudo who played twenty seven minutes. He only took one shot the entire time as did Collier. But you're seeing real development from these guys. I see it also from Femi Utakale, who's always been tough, but you're seeing him learn to take better shots. You're also seeing him hit free throws better. Pitt started off this season shooting 55% from the stripe. It was killing them in some of their close games. In this game, they shot 82%. They needed every single one. And if you, and if you look at Femi Utakale... He only went to the line, you know, once in this game. He, he, he had both shots. That's solid. But when you look at Odakali throughout the season, he started off three of nine in the first game for them. One of four, one of four, three of five, five of nine. But he's had some games where he's hit all seven of his shots. Seven of eight, two of two, seven of eight, five of seven, two of two in this game. And he's had some, some, some still some clinkers. He had a three of eight one against Colgate. But you're seeing them improve. That was a because that was a major problem with Otakali last season. You're seeing real development from these guys. And then there's not just the stats element of this, there's also the overall defense of this. If you look at how excuse me. If you look at how Pitt basketball has played defense over the over the year. Jeff, Jeff Capel has always talked about how they have to be able to play strong defense. They have to be able to win ugly. 
But they're doing that. They're finding they're finding ways to to defend well. They're forcing people to hit from outside outside shots. Boston College, they the reason they had um uh the reason they had they had a first half lead, they were up by four going into halftime, was because Boston College was shooting very well, six of eleven from three pointers. And they weren't they weren't wide open shots like some of those Notre Dame shots were. They were they were contested shots. They were deep shots that were kind of forced. And it was a bit frustrating for Pitt fans who were like, why does every team seem to shoot the lights out when they play Pitt? And Pitt does have uh, the fifth the fifth highest opponent three-point shooting percentage in the conference. So I get it. But I asked Jeff Capel, like, when you when that's happening, did you guys, uh, you know, say you have to go out there and stop that? Did you guys stick to your plan and try to force them to keep doing that? And he was like, yeah, we're forcing them to keep doing that. They're not a three-point shooting team like that. It was different when he knew Notre Dame. They, their whole thing was shooting three-pointers for volume. And at the end of the game, the problem was Pitt started being a little nervous about the guys that were charging in, and he said that went against the game plan. But Pitt's players, they stuck to the scouting report in this one. They said, okay, keep hitting those three-pointers. Well, they started the game. Boston College started the game 6 of 11 from three-pointers in the first half. They shot 3 of 12 in the second half. Shows that the team was right to do so. That's real development. But also, I want to say, before we shift to football in the second half, I want to say it was emotional development. Because this was a game where Pitt had every reason to be upset, to be distracted, to be pulled away and thinking about something else in this one. Because, of course, Ithiel Horton, who, as you know, way back in November, on November 6th, was charged right before the season with four criminal charges, including, you know, an allegation that he assaulted a police officer. The preliminary hearing was pushed back once. Then it was set at December 30th. Yeah, the arresting officer didn't show. Prosecution wasn't ready, so the charges were dismissed. And it was known that it was a it was a possibility that the charges could be reintroduced. But you know, we thought you know we thought okay, well that was December thirtieth. Maybe that's all done with. If the Horton got to play on January second, thought was maybe he was in the clear. Well, we found out Saturday that they weren't. Because they were, uh, the charges were refiled, and apparently they were refiled on New Year's Eve. But because of how courts work and how things are closed, we didn't find out until January eighth. It wasn't put on the docket until January eighth, and that's when the University of Pittsburgh found out that the charges were refiled. Which means that Ithiel Horton, by university policy, had to be resuspended, or I guess his suspension had to be reenacted. And Jeff Capel was very emotional about it. I encourage you to read my story about it. I, I put it on DKPittsburghSports.com along with the game story so that you can get the full understanding of what happened there. But he was very emotional about it. He talked about how, you know, he was going to record a radio show and, well, you know, the, the, the morning of the game. And he went from, you know, watching Ithiel warm up with them that morning to thinking about how Ithiel was probably was sitting in a jail cell. Not probably he was because he had to turn himself in. 
And he said like he was walking by a video boy that was showing Ithiel Horton like warming up before before the last game against Louisville and the smile on his face and he's he, he's like turn that off I can't I, it's making me it I can't take it. That's a lot to absorb. Now, however you feel about the situation, whether you feel that Ithiel is innocent or guilty or he's innocent until proven guilty, which is the law, that's how it's supposed to work. Um, and you, you know, there's there's different fingers that you could point here. You could point at the university policy for for you know make, forcing him to be suspended. Uh, even though he's not convicted of anything, he's just being accused. There's a lot of different ways you can go with that there. But my point is, through all of that, Ithiel, everyone was rooting for Ithiel to be back. They were excited for him to be back. Jeff was passionate about it. And this team focused and gutted out a tough ACC win. And not the Boston College is some ACC powerhouse. They're not. But this would have been another one of those things where we've seen just Pitt go after, go up after thing after thing after thing. Ithiel Horton's arrest, Neki Sabante tearing his ACL, all the things that have gotten in Pitt's way. This was this would have been another time for them to say, well, you know, guys, we had a tough one today. We could chuck this one in. No, they didn't. They stayed focused. They didn't let themselves cave in. When Boston College made some second-half pushes, they responded, and they found a way to win. That's emotional maturity. That's team maturity. And again, I think that in the long run, because again, this year isn't about this year. I, I told y'all from the jump, it's like how I told people about the Pirates season this last year. This year wasn't about this year. This year is about finding the young guys who are going to be the key pieces and the key components to turning things around in the future years. And those young guys, John Hughley, William Jeffress, Femi Umuk Odakali, even Noah Collier, even though he didn't play any of this game. Those are the guys that you want. Learning what it means to, to, to earn hard wins. And when they know what this these kind of moments are like in the coming years, when you hope that because they've matured, they're a better team and they'll be able to beat more teams more naturally. It won't have to be as many hard-fought, gritty wins, but they'll still know how to have those gritty wins. That's what makes a good basketball team. And that's what I see potentially coming for Pitt basketball if they if they can keep moving in this direction. They're playing better. And I think Jeff Capel is coaching them in the right direction. We'll be right back here on the H2P podcast. I want to talk some football because, oh, there have been even more moves that suggest that Pitt football is going to have a big year in 2022. We'll talk about that right after this. podcast i'm your host chris carter here on dkpittsburghsports.com you can download this show along with every single show that we put out on this platform because it's full free we have it on apple spotify google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted go check us out we got shows on the steelers the pirates the penguins penn state whoever you want to talk about you can hear us talk about but again back to the h2p podcast Good weekend for Pitt basketball to get that dub. 
though also a bad weekend for the Ithiel Horton situation. But man, it has been all good for Pitt football since the Peach Bowl loss. Well, I mean, minus the uh, Brennan Marion thing with him with him going, but you know, whatever. He went, he went on the greener pastures and all that. But how about Pitt football? Already pulling off Keaton Slovis. You knew he was coming. But then they go out and get arguably the best receiver in the transfer portal in Kaneda Mumfield of Akron. He was a freshman All-American. He was All-Mac. Looks like a phenomenal route runner as a freshman this past year. And he chose Pitt. He said, yeah, so what if you don't have a receivers coach? So what if you don't have an offensive coordinator? I want to go there. So now you have one of the best quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Some would say the best quarterback in the transfer portal. One of the best receivers in the transfer portal. Some would say the best receiver in the transfer portal. All joining an offense that's gets getting its entire offensive line back for another season. Full with four super seniors and then a regular senior in Jake Cradle. And they still got several young players coming up, coming up under them. So they'll have depth there. Your trio of backfield with Vincent Davis, Izzy Abaniconda, and Rodney, and, and Rodney Hammond. Gavin Bartholomew, a young promising freshman tight end who was a beast this past season. And then Mumfield joins a receiving group with Jared Wayne. Jockey, Shockey Jack Louis did transfer out. But they still got Jalen Barden. Jalen Bradley looks promising. And oh, by the way, the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Just, you know, Jordan Addison. Like, ah, you're kidding me? Mumfield's about to jump to the number two spot there. You're about to have a trio of killer wide receivers with him and Wayne. You still have Barden as a ridiculous speedster. Bradley who's going to get another year to develop. And then Bartholomew's your tight end. If Slovis is what I see on tape as a strong arm gunslinger, I mean, this dude, he can whip it. I saw him, I, 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 there was one pass that he threw from his own 31, it, it like, on a, on a rope, it went to the 15-yard line on the other side of the field. Like, what is that? That's a 54, that's 54 air yards, that's what that is. That's who's coming to pit. And not only are they attracting new guys, but they're getting their current guys to stay. Like, like we already said, the offensive line staying. We know about that. And Pitt had some tough decisions because they do have to trim down their roster. Now, for those who don't understand what that what, what this has been about, if you've read my stories about it, you know I said that they 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 should have it down to about eighty seven players after uh, Cam Bright and Noah Palmer announced that they would be leaving. But they got to get rid of players because this past year all programs were given a waiver on the 85 scholarship player limit in the NCAA because of COVID and they wanted to give everyone an extra year and to help with giving everyone an extra year, people had those lifted. Well, that scholarship lift was for a single year, which means now Pitt has to make some tough decisions and certain guys got to go. If they want to bring in the 12 players that they've recruited from tw for 2022 and the two transfer guys, well, three transfer guys, when you consider the uh, linebacker that they got from uh, Michigan State. 
But meanwhile, Desmond Alexander has com has committed to returning to Pitt, and he was a guy I wasn't so sure would. Now Desmond's about the program; he's a team captain. I'm not saying that he's he wouldn't be about the program, but like we all know, Charlie Potters know how to knows how to coach up a defensive line. He has just churned out star after star after star after star after star. Whether it's Jalen Twyman or Patrick Jones or Rashad Weaver. And really, Pitt should have gone on a break after those guys, right? All three of those guys went in the NFL draft last year. There should have been a, like a period where like, all right, time to reload. Go get some new ones. Nope, they have reloaded. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Kalaja Kansi, first team, all ACC, all American. Hoppe Baldonado, second team, all ACC. Led the team with nine sacks off the edge. John Morgan, I think he had six sacks on the seed. Dayon Hayes, I'm telling you, watch out for Dayon Hayes of Westinghouse. He's coming. And then you still got guys like Elliot Donald and Nakai Johnson, who were freshmen this year, and they didn't even have to play. There's so much depth on that defensive line. I would get it if Deslin, who only had two sacks this year, though, or two and a half sacks this year, but those, but two of those sacks came in the Virginia game when they needed those two sacks to stop Brandon Armstrong in a huge win that clinched the ACC Coastal. But I would get it if Deslin was like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm the, definitely the number one guy so I can show that I'm the man and get ready for the NFL. And boost my resume. Nope, Deslin doesn't do that. He says, I'm coming back. Why? Because I want to play for Pitt. I want one last ride with these guys. Because he knows that ride can be special. And because he knows the community, the environment that he's sticking to. That Deslin told me before the season even started, he said, this group's special. Deslin one of the first guys that I heard say, like, actually, like, yeah, we're going, we're going to go win the ACC this year. So for him to come back and do all that, it further promotes what I've been saying for months now. Pat Narduzzi that has the culture thing in the right direction for Pitt football. He has guys wanting to stay. He has guys wanting to commit. He has guys believing in all the stuff that he preaches. And it's not just about saying the right things because so many coaches say the right things. And so many coaches, it's not, it's sometimes it's out of your control. It's not your fault if something, if, if a player doesn't, doesn't listen to you. I mean, look at Antonio Brown. Is it anybody's fault that what he's doing in the NFL? No, it's his. That ain't on coaches. That's on, that's just who that guy is. Whether he needs mental help or, you know, self-help or he needs to just stop living around yes men, whatever you think it is, that's that situation. You can try to coach up a quarterback to be better at seeing the field as much as you want, but if he doesn't take the necessary steps, he's not going to actually do it. But what Pat Narduzzi has done is he's created culture. He's found the guys who buy into that system, who buy into what he's preaching, and who are skilled and talented for those, for those teachings to show up on the field to then encourage the other guys on the team to say, hey, man, if we buy in, we'll be like that. And then we'll have a shot to go to the NFL. And not just to get those guys that are on the team, but the guys that are now off the team. Two major transfer portal gets. 
And who knows, maybe they won't turn out to be major transfer portal gets if they come to Pitt and they don't play well. But going into the transfer portal, those were the guys that everybody wanted. So you got to give credit. I was talking about Jeff Capel and his development and what I'm seeing positive for Pitt basketball. You got to give credit for what Pat Narduzzi has developed in Pitt football and the reputation that it's building. And man, 2022 is looking like a really good chance for Pitt to repeat as ACC champs. And if they could come in, if they can handle their business, if they could finish with a similar record that they did to this this past year, maybe that we're talking actual college football playoffs. Of course, that's going to depend on you know, if they expand the playoffs or whatnot. But when was the last time you thought Pitt could actually be in the college football playoffs realistically? There were hopes this year. Right, but there were also it was very outside hopes. Even you know after Western Michigan, even before the before the Miami loss, there was hope like, well, if they went out, if if everything goes their way, they could. You you were still sitting there saying like, yeah, but like everything would still have to go their way, and like a couple teams would have to like crash and burn for them to even if they if, even if they had won out with Miami to to get there. But this next year, it's there. There's a real possibility, and granted, they won't have Kenny Pickett but they will have an entire team that seems to have bought in on what Pat Narduzzi has been preaching. They'll have a strong-armed quarterback that everyone else wanted. They'll have a talented roster with star receivers, star defensive players who are used to playing around each other. And they'll have a pit football team that knows what it takes to win the ACC championship now. Exciting stuff for pit football. Encouraging stuff for Pitt basketball. Pitt fans, take the weekend. Enjoy it. Read more of my work at, at, at DKPittsburghSports.com. If you want to learn more about the Ithiel Horton situation and what Jeff Capel was talking about, read that, Kate, read, read that, read that too. I'll try to get you as, as many updates as I can on the situation as I try to dig into this and learn more about what's going on. But I'm Chris Carter of the H2P Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Dale Lally is in Baltimore covering Steelers versus Ravens and the Steelers' hopes that they can sneak into the playoffs at 9-7-1. They need the Jaguars to beat the Colts. We talked about that on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast yesterday, Saturday, so be sure to listen to that if you haven't already. You can download all our podcasts for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Spotify, where we get all of our daily content here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterCritiques. We'll be back in the years very soon, Pitt fans, with more on the H2P Podcast.